Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the WGBO Lawn and Garden Show. Brought to you by Clegg's Nursery. If you have a question about seasonal planting, lawn and garden concerns, or questions about landscaping, call 499-WGBO. That's 499-9526. Good morning, Baton Rouge. It's a lovely Saturday morning here at the WJBO News Radio 1150 AM studio. My name is Scott Ricca here this morning with Dr. Alan Owens. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Scott. Nice to be here uh, with you this morning. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw you yesterday, but we hadn't been in the studio together for a long time. We I haven't. hadn't been in the studio for a long time anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, where have you been? We need you. We, don't uh, have, you know, we, we need more people on this rotation. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I would love to. You know, sometimes uh, staffing makes it a little difficult oh, yes. for me to oh, get yes. here. So, But uh, I always enjoy it here, especially when i get to talk to you you always have so many um interesting new things to talk about and uh, one of the things this morning you and i kind of breezed over you've you've been on the road a lot lately and visiting places looking at new things I, i've been traveling uh the last couple of weeks you know a little bit of personal time but mostly uh work related i went to the uh, bedding plant trial gardens in auburn alabama that's at young plant farm mm-hmm. and then i went up to the university of georgia way not much purple and gold up there but uh <laughs> but uh they have a really good trial garden in athens on campus there uh very long tradition of uh having great programs there for industry and home gardeners looking at new plants mm-hmm. and then i went to metro line of greenhouses which is a very large uh, greenhouse operation in huntersville north carolina mm-hmm. and they probably have the largest uh, plant trial gardens in the southern United States. If you call Western North Carolina the southern United States, so yeah, we'll let that slide in there. Uh, always great to go see the new annual bedding plants and the new perennials and uh, comparison trials to see how this uh, series of uh, varieties, like how does sun patients compare to the new solar scape impatience. Right. So all these different comparisons and. Uh, always find new plants there that we need to be um uh using here in south louisiana and uh so when they do those trials i mean they just don't like somebody comes oh i got this new seed let's put it on the market tomorrow i mean it no, takes a while it, it, from, it, it takes a long time from um you know the time you do from the hybridization <laughs> or the seed production or the the breeding to actually get a plant to market uh whether it's seed propagated or vegetatively mm-hmm. propagated and but quite often more than one area is testing the same plant correct right. so that we so, see how it performs over a range of areas yeah so in addition to those facilities uh you know the lsu ag center and hammond does uh plant trials uh, university of tennessee gardens in jackson tennessee uh, two of the Mississippi State research stations do bedding plant trials, mm-hmm. and and that's in conjunction with the people that do the breeding. It's in conjunction with the people who do the national breeding and development and selling of, of uh, mm-hmm. bedding plant and perennial varieties. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's pretty interesting. So they 
And uh, they used to do that with, well, I guess they still do, rose gardens. You know, they yes. have certain, uh, there was a big one, well, Burton. I uh, used to have a lot of roses right, out right, there, and uh, Shreveport and right, some other right, areas. Right. So they test them over a wide range of area to, to tell us, oh, how will it do in this region? Right. Uh, we so. need to look at adaptability and disease uh, resistance and uh, heat tolerance. And, and, uh, <laughs> Why would we need to know that? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's more humidity tolerance we really need to know about. But, yeah. uh, but you know, there's always uh, great benefits coming from those programs. And I judge the... Uh, the rose trials at the LSU Ag Center. I'm one of the judges for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the old uh, America uh, All America Rose Selections Program, but now right. but now there's two new programs: um, American Rose Trials for Sustainability, and then the American Garden Rose Selections Trials. So uh, those are the two. Programs. I don't think I was uh, I those, was not those, aware those of those. Are the, the two programs that replaced AARS? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of went into a topsy turvy the with that, with the introduction of like the knockouts and stuff, did, so many of the did. shrub roses yeah the landscape shrub roses dominate the the rose market these days but people still want their hybrid teas and floor abundance and grand floors yeah so. matter of fact yesterday afternoon i was working uh partially on the order for the 2024 oh, yes. season it's time to order <clears throat> plants for next year now yeah if we haven't already yeah so. that's right <laughs> i'll be working on it today <laughs> in those you know moments between customers so yes. that's pretty interesting so uh, so you went to three different places i did my gosh uh how much acreage do you think you looked at of, of new stuff well you know when you're when you're talking about um those kind of settings you know the uh the, the trial garden at uh, young plant farm in auburn is only half an acre Oh. But do you realize how many bedding plants you that's, can put in half an abandoned? Yeah, like on a six, eight, or ten inch spacing. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. And, and, and the one in Metrolina Greenhouses is um, about three to four acres. Wow. They have containers, and I mean, they have everything. Yeah. They, they really go all out for it. Um, so, um, anything that just really struck you as like, man, that is. Well, you know, there's there's new there's new dragon wing uh, begonias. Ah. You know, there's red and pink, but now there's some that have bronze leaf, and you know, so they're starting to expand those variety mm-hmm. offerings. And, and do you know if these new um, selections from the dragon wings are going to be sun tolerant? Also, they are sun tolerant down here. Uh, they can take full sun pretty well, but a little bit of afternoon shade in the summertime is definitely appreciated. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people know I love coleus and love salvias, and there's always new coleus and new salvias. And, yeah. And, and you know, think 15 years ago when I had the original six ornamental sweet potato varieties. Now there's, <laughs> six, now, yeah. there, now there's 55. Yeah. 55 varieties of ornamental sweet yeah. potatoes. I would love to have that at my yard, but I live right next to the woods, and the deer visit the yard well enough. Uh, well, uh, I don't you, want to you, be... would, you would be planting for the deer. Yes. <laughs> We're already doing that with the hostas. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a break and give people the phone number. Uh, if you'd like to pick up the phone, give us a call this morning. You can uh, call us at 499-9526. That's 499-WJBO. It'll get you on the list, and we'll be glad to entertain your questions, lawn and garden questions. Um. Yeah, 15 varieties. I, I I see that now some of them actually promote the fact that they have edible foliage, which a lot of people didn't realize that you can eat the foliage. A lot of times they'll stir-fry sweet potato foliage. but Right. And I have eaten one of the original 
um, sweet potatoes. However, you know, I dug it, I cooked it. I didn't know about curing or anything else, and I wasn't impressed. But um, I'm sure they're working towards a sweet potato, an ornamental that yes. that has a, a, a good quality tuber. The, the new Treasure Island series is edible foliage, right? but also edible roots, and they were developed by Dr. Labonte at the LSU Ag Center. Cool. So, uh, and they have been offered at Clegg's Nursery the last yep. couple of years and right. in small quantities. I don't think people realize what they are because they're just mixed in with other ornamental sweet Right. We need to probably promote that a little better. But, but no. uh, you know, there there's great plant breeding going on and, and there's no genetic modification and all that in this. This is just regular old plant breeding. And, right. and so, you know, people come in oftentimes and they sometimes a little information is dangerous yes but they come in and i said well i don't want any hybrids you know i don't want any hybrids and i usually look at that person and go do you know you realize that you're a hybrid correct yes (laughs) you're you're you know portion of mom genes dad genes hybrid hybrids occur every day naturally and just because it's a hybrid i mean like you know we're all hybrids yes absolutely so now were you created in a lab well i guess maybe nowadays you could be yeah uh but typically that's not what happens so a gmo is something that's created in a lab yes right Uh, there are natural hybrids every day so just because something's a hybrid doesn't mean that you have to be worried about it in the very least there there's very few gmo products that are available to the average home guard right and most I, of it's and i'm having a hard time right now telling you one of them so uh you know a couple of the plant companies put non-gmo on their tags now and that makes you think there's other varieties that are plant that are gm right so you go and around the people go around and asking everyone is that one gmo is that one gmo yes and, but yes. that's typically not what is occurring no, you're, you're not gonna find gmo plants or gmo seed at your local garden centers. right right yes yeah that that has become a, a big a big issue for some people yes. and and unfortunately you know the the information that they're working with is very limited exactly so right, right. well we actually have a phone call i'm gonna wait for jeremy to kind of put a name up here and we're gonna jump to philip this morning philip good morning and thanks for calling the wjbo news radio 1150 lawn and garden show what's up Good morning, Scott. Uh, it's Philip here. I had been working with Alan. You hadn't been on the show very much lately. No, I hadn't. Um, <laughs> uh, Alan. Hey, Philip. Good morning. Uh, those gnarly crepe myrtles that had a uh, crepe myrtle murder performed on them by the utility companies. Yes, I remember. And since I last talked to you, I have been nurturing them and water, watering has been okay. a huge part okay. of it. The, the landscape that but now you know i keep cutting the suckers off and now i can obviously see where the uh main trunks have survived right and the dead limbs are is it is it okay if i start cutting the dead wood out of the the, the crate myrtles right themselves? you know we're we're into june now and you're seeing where the dead wood is on a lot of these plants that were coal damaged and uh it's time to get the pruning shears out or your pruning loppers and uh or a, or a sharp or saw whatever, whatever yeah. kind Good. of sauce you need yeah. to uh, get it done and try not to leave stubs make you uh, a proper pruning cut and uh and um you know just keep removing those suckers if you still have them but you're doing the right thing by doing that and then maybe selectively remove a few of the 
new shoots that are growing if if the new canopy is a little bit overcrowded. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They look just. Can I tell you they look a hundred percent better than when I was talking to you? Well, well, good. I remember. I remember about four or five weeks ago we may have been discussing this, and uh, but we've had you know a lot more growth now that has occurred. You can really see what's going on. Biggest thing is watering a mallon. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, keeping things watered is just been tremendous in it's, the yard. Uh, it's, it's been a struggle. I know a few places have had some isolated showers and even thunderstorms, but. It's crispy around Baton Rouge. My my yard is is parched. Yes, uh, yes. So I accidentally left the sprinkler running for about five hours the other day, and when I was going to bed, I was mm-hmm. in a in a master bathroom on the wall where that fa- outdoor faucet was, and it's like, what is that noise? It's like, oh my god, I left the faucet on. So, so those uh, those citrus were thankful. Yes, <laughs> I was yes. trying to give them a good drink. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know. Low volume application of irrigation water over a long period of time. That's what you want to do, right? And we tell that to, yes. And uh, for a for a mature tree, I mean, even just once a week is fine for that. I I have people telling me, "Oh, I've been watering it every other day," or everything like. No, I mean, (laughs) think about it. When you're not watering, how frequently does Mother Nature water? You don't have to go out there and baby something along. And and as a matter of fact, most people when they're watering. As Alan said, longer duration, low volume. Most people go out there and they're pointing the hose at it and they're pointing at the, the shrub and they're watering. And most of the water is coming out so fast that it's rolling away and soaking in way far away from the root system of what you're trying to water. So that's why these little micro irrigations in a flower bed are so nice. Yes, they don't barely right. put out anything. Yes. So it's going out slow and it has the opportunity to soak in instead of rolling off surface to some mm-hmm. other place or out to the curb and down the storm sewer. Right, right. Sure, sure. Well, you know, Scott, I'm going to come see you soon and let you show me some of that micro-irrigation. It is so I'm... easy, Philip. It's so easy. Hooks to a hooks to a, uh, the faucet bib. Um, the main tool is a little punch tool and a pair of scissors huh? to cut the tubing. It's so simple, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And well, if you want to, I'm you like... can put a timer on it if you want to. Uh, but yeah. it's simple. And very effective. Yeah. As I mature, these uh, hose pipes are getting heavier and heavier. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Philip. We're glad glad to hear the crepe marl's looking better. So you're doing everything you need to do. Good day. Thanks, Philip. My name is Scott Ricca here with Dr. Alan Owings. We both work for Clegg's Nursery, and Alan has some other side gigs going on, but it keeps him in the plant industry, <laughs> the, the the know of everything, and gets to travel around and see some things. We kind of talked about some of Alan's travels to see some of the, the new up-and-coming uh, herbaceous material. Right. But we had a caller, Philip, that was called and talked about his crepe myrtle, uh, how we had, he had had some damage on it. And there was something that Alan said that I focused on. He says, now it's late enough where you can see where the dead wood is. Right. And that's, if you haven't gotten out to really look through your yard or you have some shrubs that are damaged, that were damaged from that untimely freeze, and it wasn't the how cold it was, it was the timing of the cold. The plants, Alan just told me that he was looking at some charts. The plants, because of the warm weather prior to that, they were 20 days ahead of schedule. So I usually kind of describe it like this to people. when It's like, well, what happened? So <clears throat> the plants were ahead of the game. 
So they were already starting to grow. The cells, let's think of all of their cells as a bunch of Coke cans. And they became plump and saturated and hydrated. And all of a sudden, somebody took that Coke can and threw it in the freezer. And it didn't have any room to spare. And when water freezes, it expands. And it blew out the side of the cells and ruptured those cells and caused cellular death. That happened a lot. I had things in my yard that, thank God they didn't die, yeah. but I lost lots of growth. All of my, some of my azaleas, I lost every leaf on them. They came back up. Mm-hmm. I have some one of my satsumas that I've had since 2005 planted, very mature. I probably had to cut out a third of the canopy. Right. And we tell people all the time, there's some people that went in right away and just started cutting their shrubs. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> They probably didn't know if that tissue was alive or not. They were just cutting. And they probably cut off a lot of stuff that might have flushed back out. But when we have these really bad freezes, Alan, don't we recommend more weight? Postpone your pruning. Let the plant start to grow, and that way you actually can see where you need to prune and where you can leave it alone right you you need to wait for the spring growth to come out and get that going for about six weeks or so and sometimes your bark split is not immediately after the freeze event and it may my gosh how many people have i talked to recently they're coming in with a branch out of an azalea that's all turning brown the uh, sweet viburnums the azaleas the gardenias i've seen damage on clear and sweet olives um, things that went many, many friends i can't tell you how many sasanquas i pulled out she, of the bed even just yesterday she, she, and we never right. worry about a sasanqua during I the winter time i'm she, sitting here pounding on the table sorry about that <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> the shishi gashiras sasanquas hugely popular shrub oh man that across the river there's people in new roads over there they are crying over their shishi yeah they look awful right they they some of them have died about two-thirds of the way right so get that deadwood out because yes. deadwood left starts to rot and that mm-hmm. rot can lead into the, your good tissue right if you haven't fertilized it's time to fertilize to try to right. stimulate that regrowth of your plant right. back to a right. stage right. where it's nice again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um oh it's looking real bad so i doubled the dose of fertilizer no <laughs> think yeah. think of it as a sick person you don't start yes. them off with a eight course meal when they're sick you start them off with some chicken soup slow and steady slow that's it slow and steady but i keep watching a a really nice uh, planting of sweet viburnums on perkins road and it's in front of a a residential apartment complex and they got hit by the cold in february 21 they got hit by the cold in december 22 they got hit, hit by the cold in march of 23 they're they're alive they're okay but they don't look too good you know yeah and uh and you don't just want to go in there and do height reduction pruning on everything. You want to prune out the sectional dead wood. So selective pruning, yes. going in yes. and finding out what's dead, what's not, yes. taking out the dead. You mentioned to Philip to not leave stubs. When you have a larger diameter plant, there's if you really look at a, a woody plant where the branch originates from, a lot of time you can see a little ring of growth around where that branch comes out and i call that the collar right that's the tissue that ties up the wound right 
So if you leave a stub, that tissue is not going to jump out and cover the end of the stub. The stub is going to do one of two things. Either it's going to regenerate growth Mm -hmm. or it's going to die and rot. And if it rots, it goes back into the the main trunk. Mm And then you have a, a rotted spot that's, that's going to be weak. And that's going to you know, cause future further dieback. That's right. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is cut just outside the edge of the collar. Not behind it, but just on the outside edge. And if it's a large branch, let's say it's a tree. For some reason, you're cutting a branch. Probably not from cold damage, but let's say you're doing that. And it's got a, a long branch, and it's weighted at the end. And you start cutting from the top. Sometimes you don't get all the way through the cut before all of a sudden the weight of the branch starts pulling it down and it rips the bark from underneath it. Wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. To take a large branch out, it usually requires three cuts. You come from the bottom in a little bit and you make a cut from the bottom. Then you go out a little beyond that and you start cutting from the top that way if it starts to rip and tear the tear stops where you where you made that bottom cut and then your third cut comes in after you got all the weight off of it and clean that cut up we don't really recommend pruning paints anymore we just recommend that you prune properly proper pruning and that that cut over area can wall that off and quote unquote heal itself but that's not really the proper uh, scientific no. term but no, that's basically no, that, what the plant is doing yeah mm-hmm. it's a yes. big giant scab yes yeah yeah <laughs> let it yeah yeah so yeah pr- proper print they actually didn't they show that the asphalt type things actually can slow down absolutely no the, no, the healing asphalt, of that wound. no pruning paint none of those yeah. sealers no yeah there for a while they went to a, a paint with yes. a fungicide in yes, it yes right. and i don't think you can even really get that anymore i have not seen it like yeah that, so. yeah so mm-hmm. proper pruning we're going to go to another caller charles has taken time to call in charles good morning thanks for calling the wjbo lawn and garden show what's up hey good morning good morning a couple of questions um you sell a large a coarse grade vermiculite i'm wondering uh, i usually mix that in my soil to help with uh water retention wondering how you is this in a raised bed or just out in the yard or what a raised bed a raised bed uh, contained yeah okay yeah so, and, uh, you know, I got a lot of clay and roots uh, in the soil, so I just kind of raised it up and putting in your potting mix mixed with a lot of the mixture. Yeah, so we, when you mentioned our potting mix, we have a, a mix that we recommend for raised beds, and you can use it in a non-raised bed, but we call it the uh, raised bed blend. So it is um, two different grade sizes of bark. Then we put in sand. We put in lime. We put in a micronutrient blend. We put in additional magnesium sulfate and a little bit of ash. Did I leave anything out? I think I got all the components. But, Charles, yes, boy, you water that, and the water just falls through it. Mm -hmm. You can put vermiculite in. Charles, I'm too cheap to put vermiculite in. (laughs) (laughs) It's um, That's a, a mineral material. It's layered. I always tell people it's like eating baklava, all those little tiny layers, and you get... Uh, trapped areas of air and moisture so it helps aerate and hold moisture both and it does alan how does that break down over a long period i mean it stays for it it, it stays in there um pretty pretty well once yeah. you once you uh mix it in with a raised bed soil or a potting yeah. soil so charles that would be good um you could add peat moss peat moss is also expensive and it breaks down more quickly or what I did at my house, Charles, I 
put a sprinkler out there and I put a timer on it and I have it go on early in the morning just for my raised beds. They're uh, probably about uh, 10 inches tall. It comes on about 8.30 in the morning. Then it comes on again about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Short duration just to keep it from um, the upper level from completely going void of moisture. And it's early enough. My late afternoon watering is early enough to catch it yeah. from wilting out and early enough in the day for the foliage to dry before nightfall. Right. So, and that was pretty cheap. I'm, I'm, <laughs> gotcha. The other thing is the silver dollar eucalyptus trees. I, uh-huh. I don't ever see them anymore. Do they? Um, they available you barely ever there? find them. There was only one grower that grew them locally, and they were only in a four-inch pot. We used to find some, and we still do sporadically, from South Florida. Um, and we bring those in. Uh, sometimes we can get some in a three-gallon pot. Sometimes they might be from four feet to six feet tall. But we never find them in any large numbers, Charles. You're much more likely to find it in a four-inch pot. And they grow fast. But some of these winters we've had over the last uh, several years would have been probably fairly devastating to the form. Right. <clears throat> yeah, they're so beautiful, you know. Yep, yep. You, but they're that, still that, out there. That eucalyptus is a very nice uh plant but yeah scott said i i I hardly ever see them anymore i know of a small grower in mississippi that grows about 50 or 100 a year and that would not (laughs) even come close to meeting our our one day demand at clegg's yeah that's right yeah um, that wouldn't last any time at all once they found out we had them but uh yeah we we get them when we can find them charles thank you so much all right you have a great day dr alan owens and scott ricko with clegg's nursery and we are here for about another 30 minutes or so to take your lawn and garden questions if you would like to call us you can pick up the phone and call 499 wjbo which is 499-9526 pick up the phone give us a call we kind of talked about a little bit of pruning with mm-hmm. philip uh, talked about some of the trials that where you've gone to see right, new interesting right. things coming coming out um and i've mentioned to you i am so amazed that nobody has called this morning as many people as i've talked to this spring about what their lawns look like i am surprised that nobody has called yet this morning to ask about their lawn the uh the the lawn inquiries have been through the roof yeah the, the last uh three four months or so yeah. and uh and now the drought is uh or the hot weather is compounding that it is adding on and uh few people have been telling me they have chinch bugs the last two or three weeks and i have not i've been gone but i don't think chinch bugs are out you know i've been talking to many people that um have come in and describe chinch bug damage in their yard okay. but they're describing that damage starting all the way back in march yes. or april yes and yes. all of a sudden i go nope not yes. chinch bugs because right. chinch bugs right. Right. they like it hot yes and there was so much damage this year that was associated with the cold, mm-hmm. very much like we were talking about the shrubs earlier. Plants already active, uh, over high, not over hydration, but fully hydrated, uh, running ahead of schedule. And many people had fertilized <laughs> prior to March 20th. That's right. So mm-hmm. that pushed a lot of new growth. Right. And that's another reason why not to fertilize early. You mm-hmm. don't put the weed and feed out in early February just because mm-hmm. you see clover. Yes. Okay. If right. you want to get rid of the clover, get rid of it in november okay because right, right, <laughs> right. it's already sprouted in november yes, yes. <clears throat> and it's a lot easier to kill it when it's young mm-hmm. not that it's hard to kill anyway but we had splotchy dead pieces all over in these lawns mm-hmm. now we get brown patch often yes and that's a fungus problem and it causes dead patches but it, it doesn't cause it in the same pattern mm-hmm. 
And you see it starting small and getting big. And you kind of see patterns to it many times. But this, what we had, was just patchy, patchy, patchy. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the stolens, the stems that run along the ground, if you went out there and raked away the debris with your fingers and looked, the little stems that run along the ground were totally brown, no longer alive, meaning that that grass wasn't going to re-sprout off of that. Sometimes some people were lucky where the stolen was still green. So they, they had some, but most people that I talked to, not. And then we had not a new fungus, but a fungus that doesn't usually give us much problem. Right. The name of the fungus is a weird name. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, let's see how many words we can put in and not be descript. It's called take all patch. I like take all. That's much easier. Yeah. So that is a fungus that's been around in the area, but it's never been overly problematic for most people. And with the stress that the grass went through, that fungus became a bit more prominent. Mm -hmm. And those two things together started causing problems. And now we're going into a drought. Mm -hmm. That's even worse. Right. The take-all patch is more active when there's when the grass is under stress so we had the winter stress yes took a lot of that soil compaction is Mm -hmm. is something that's problematic more problematic than people realize right yes um how can you test for soil compaction uh if you're if you're soil is not rock hard from being in drought Mm -hmm. you can go take a phillips head screwdriver and push it in the ground go to the lsu agcenter.com website and put in there testing soil compaction they'll give you a homeowner way to do it mm-hmm. and instead of a special yes. thing that yeah. you know some agronomist would go out and, and try to use okay <clears throat> pretty easy um uh, elemental deficiencies potash i have mm-hmm. re- i was telling alan during the commercial yeah. i have rarely ever seen anything that described the deficiency of potash being one of the main things you need to check for. Right, right. And how do you check yeah. for that? LSU soil test lab. Soil test, only way to know. Yeah, so where do you get the information to do that? You come to one of the retail garden centers, mm-hmm. and you walk in and says, I need that thing for the LSU soil test lab, and go, oh, here's the collection box right here. And we give it to you, and you go yes. home, and you do your sample. Right. It's pretty doggone easy. Mm-hmm. Do you put out a fungicide? That would probably be pretty smart. Mm-hmm. There is... On the LSU Ag Center website, am I saying that often enough? Yes. The LSU Ag Center website, so LSUAgCenter.com, you can write in at the search bar, take all patch, Dr. Singh, and he has yeah. some problematic, he did a little publication, a one-sheet publication, and on that publication, it tells you some acceptable fungicides that would help for that particular problem. Most of the fungicides that we sell at the store are not ones that would be right. particularly effective, right. but there is one that we sell that is. Mm-hmm. It's the Fertilome Systemic right. Fungicide, mm-hmm. Liquid Systemic Fungicide. That is one of the recommended fungicides. Mm-hmm. You can apply that fun, fun, fungicide to help your grass recover. Water your lawn on a regular basis. The stress of drought is not happening. Right. Uh, it's not right. helping. Yes, right. <clears throat> Do you have to water every day? No, you should not be watering every day, whether it's your shrubs or your lawn. 
or your trees. Right. Maybe if you had some brand new little bedding plants, right. you might catch yeah. those yeah. often. Yeah. But <clears throat> learn to water well. There might even be a suggestion on LSUAgCenter.com. As you said earlier, Alan, which yes. I like, <clears throat> uh, how did you phrase it? You said um, uh, small volume, extended duration. Is longer, that how you said Longer duration. Right. Yes. So it has time to soak yes. in. Yes. Try to tell people this all the time. Mm. Oh, I water my, I, I water my uh, bedding plants 10 minutes every morning. And there's no correct answer to how long do I water. And how and and how many days in between? Yes, exactly. I call that how you find that out: horticultural forensics. Yes. Or horticultural CSI. You have yes. to go out and look. Yes. yes. Put your finger in. Move right. it with your hand. Right. Look how deep is it in the soil from the soil surface that you still have some moisture. Yes. Every bed that you do could have a difference from even one side of the house to the next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a caller. Let's good, talk to good. Carolyn. Carolyn, good morning. Thanks for calling the WJBO Lawn and Garden Show. How are you? I'm doing well. Tell me what to do about soil compaction if you've got it. If you have soil compaction, Alan, what do you like to use most for that? Well, if we're talking about a lawn area, which is mainly where we're going to see that, uh, you know, aeration. But uh, You like a core aerator? I really like core aeration. Right. That, that really helps in a lawn a lot. And that sounds hard? But it's not. It's like walking behind a lawnmower. Yes, right, right. It, there's a mach- and uh, you 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 would not necessarily do that every spring, but you would do that mid to late spring. You want the grass and, to be active, you, right? And you don't want to be doing that on stressed lawns either. You so right now, reco- not good. You want recovery to occur, you know. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if the cores would go into the ground well now. That's right. Unless, <laughs> unless you have enough organic matter and moisture in there, but yeah. core aeration um of your lawn helps a lot and so carolyn that there's a device looks like you're walking behind a lawnmower it's got a drum on it a circular thing and it's got these little protrusions and as you walk those protrusions stick down into the ground and when it continues to rotate it it takes a little core of soil and pushes it out of that so you're making little tiny holes all through your lawn and then you come back in, usually you dress with sand. Right, Oftentimes right, you take right. sand and you smooth that out. So the sand fills the holes. So now you have a way for the moisture to enter in deeper, more quickly, and air. And that helps your um, the ratio of air to moisture mm-hmm. in your soil. Uh, uh, it just helps the root system grow it that much better. It gives you healthier roots, more vigorous roots. That's and right. Whatever your roots do is what your top does. That's right. And a lot of times you have compacted soil underneath trees where you don't have any organic matter. Let the leaves just naturally fall. Mulch the area. Put compost in that area, and that starts breaking down the clay soil in those situations. Right. So when the fall when the fall leaf drop occurs, don't bag it and take it away. Right. Just chop it and let it stay there. Mm-hmm. Bye. That's, that's the best, best news I've heard. Just leave it. Yeah, compost, uh, old leaves like that. Yeah, if you if you will chop them now, if you if you don't mow it and leave them full, sometimes that'll create a coating and your grass won't like it below. Yeah, yeah. But if you mow your leaves and just let them fall down, a lot of the lawnmowers now say that they're mulching anyway. They have mm-hmm. a, maybe a double blade, or sometimes you can block the discharge side with a device where it just moves them around and chops them into smaller pieces. And just leave them. That's what Mother Ma- Mother Nature does to create good soil. She leaves organic matter there. 
it decomposes it encourages um, a healthy biome there at the soil and so you have uh, better growth for your plants and grass thank you. you're welcome thank you. all right carolyn thank you and let's go to our next caller lee good morning how are you and thanks for calling the wjbo lawn and garden show what's up um i have become a fanatic for elephant ears <laughs> and there's so many different types there are um, my biggest concern right now is and it's probably got to do with that february freeze but my favorite are those uh, mickey mouse yeah elephant ears mm-hmm. and i had a whole bunch of them last year and this year i got two that are maybe three or four inches tall oh goodness i have a patch yeah. of them at my house but mine were in a semi-protected area and might have gotten a little there's only one citrus tree that i cover at my house yeah i have a dwarf lemon and some of the mickey mouse are right there so when i tarp that area they probably got a little um help um well, i put a lot of 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 uh, straw and stuff on there and extra dirt and mm-hmm. said prayers and put you know did everything i thought i could do yeah so but that i think that they were struggling a little bit last year. The year before, they were amazing. Yeah. I've got pictures that just blow your mind. And now I'm down to these two little wincy ones. Does anybody sell them around here? I mean, no. I can't live without them. <laughs> I, I, no. don't, I don't see them hardly anymore. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. I know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go to my mother-in-law's and pull some off. Well, if, did, you said you added soil and straw. Did you pull the soil back off or did you leave it there? I actually think I left it there. You know, that could have inhibited some, depending on how thick you put it. I didn't put it terribly thick. I just put, like, a little extra, just, like, for insulation. Like but an I can inch? Move it or, around. Yeah, like an inch or four inches. What, what you... Oh, more like an inch, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that probably shouldn't have been too bad. What I would recommend you do right now, go uh, get a good slow-release nitrogen fertilizer. You could even just put blood meal, for all mm-hmm. that matters. Mm-hmm. And put it out there. The nitrogen is going to help promote foliar growth and might give it a little bit of a boost. Have you fertilized them this season? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. You, you still might do it again, depending on when you did remember. it and what you used. I would continue to give it a good control-release nitrogen, or you could use miracle Grow once a week, something like that. But give them something where it has consistent um, nutrition, okay? And they'll okay. multiply. Okay. And then... You know, go visit the mother-in-law. <laughs> I, seriously, I'll just be here. I'll bring her something crazy that I've got in my yard that she'll and say, in exchange for like four more, please. Yeah. But they're terribly expensive. Gardeners like to share, so that's a good thing. Yes, we do. All right. Well, all right. Well, Have a great day. You. Good luck. You too. All right. Bye bye. And uh, man, we're uh, we we discussed a lot. We didn't have a whole lot of. Phone we call, had three or four phone calls. Three or four, and that was nice. Good discussion this morning. We did, we did. It's always nice to be here with you. Um, we've been discussing some of those things all spring, but uh, it's always good to repeat and provide a little bit of new yeah. information too. One of the most important things I think for people right now, if you have winter damage, get out there and get rid of that winter damage. Yes. It's always well. I was going to say it's always the time to cut off dead wood, but sometimes. If you don't know if it's dead, you yes. have to wait. Right, right. But if you know it's dead, it's always time to prune. Well, you're not supposed to prune until February. Uh, no, you can prune deadwood right. whenever. Right. Water. Yes. Water. Slow 
and longer duration and not as often. Excellent. No matter what you're watering, okay? Um, fertilization. Have you fertilized your bedding plants again? They're trying to grow. They're trying to put on a lot yes. of growth for you. Give them something to, so that so that they can give you something back. Alan, it's been great being here with yes, you. Yes, sir. And we didn't even say that summer starts Wednesday. We're not even in Oh, my gosh, yet. is it? It's already too hot already. <laughs> All right. Well, Alan, hope you have a great day. Everybody, get out in your lawn, see what's going on. Baton Rouge, have a great day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.